Welcome to Dire Trip, where we deep dive into all sorts of spooky, horrific, or just plain weird crimes, lawsuits, and strange happenings all over the world. Without further ado, let's get into today's story. Florida man kills another man over a parking spot. A ridiculous headline with a very complex story behind it. Now after watching my videos, I'm sure you've come to see that safety and security is important, lest you end up in one of these videos. The same goes with internet security. Luckily we have VPN services like Atlas VPN to help out. Atlas VPN was developed in 2020 by top IT engineers and cybersecurity specialists in order to make the internet more safe and accessible for everyone. Right now over 5 million people are using the service worldwide. Atlas VPN encrypts your data and hides your virtual location. When you connect to a VPN, your device gets a new IP and DNS address. All the traffic is encrypted and routed towards their VPN servers. When the traffic arrives at the server, it decrypts the information and allows the traffic to access the desired location. Meaning, it hides your data and makes it appear that you're in a different location than where you actually are. Atlas encrypts your data, but it's good for a lot of other things as well. For example, you can use it to see streaming catalogs from countries all over the world. Let's say you want to watch Friends on Netflix while you're in the US. Well, too bad, it's only available in the UK. But with Atlas, no problem. Just switch your location to the UK and you're free to watch Friends, along with the rest of the UK catalog, like Rick and Morty's there too, that's pretty cool. Atlas VPN also offers a data breach monitor feature. This will show you if your email address has ended up in any recorded data breaches or data dumps that include emails, names, passwords, or other sensitive information. Enabling these notifications will ensure that you'll be aware of any such incidents and gives you much needed heads up to go ahead and change your password before anyone has a chance to steal your account. Right now, Atlas is offering a huge discount on their three-year deal for just $1.39 per month. This even includes a 30-day money-back guarantee. The deal won't last too long, so make sure that you check it out by clicking the link in the description below. So, thank you, Atlas VPN, for sponsoring this episode. Here's where our story starts. July 19th, 2018. A family pulls into a parking spot outside of a small local convenience store called Circle of Food on Sunset Point Road in Clearwater, Florida. The father, Marquise McLaughton, had just picked his wife up from work and wanted to stop and get some snacks for their three kids. McLaughlin exited the car with their five-year-old son, Marquise Jr., and went inside. His wife, Brittany Jacobs, remained in the car with the other kids. The thing is, they were parked inside of a handicapped spot without the usual handicapped placard hanging up in their window. Uh, the only handicapped spot. This was when Michael Draca pulled up in his own vehicle. Draca was a regular at this particular convenience store, coming in every single day to buy Monster Energy drinks. Noticing that the vehicle was parked illegally, and being a nominal, stand-up guy, Michael Draca decided to take it upon himself to lecture the driver of the illegally parked vehicle. Ironically, he was also parked illegally, but I guess he found a way to justify that. Draca exited his vehicle, walked over to McLaughlin's car, and began eyeing it up and down, looking for the handicapped placard. When he failed to find one, he took it upon himself to begin lecturing Jacobs. This became quite an argument, with Draca standing outside the vehicle as Jacobs and her two kids remained inside. McLaughlin was still inside as the argument broke out. 
While he was checking out and paying for his items, he overheard someone inform the clerk of the concerning argument taking place outside. He walked outside, saw Draca yelling at his wife, and walked towards him. Surveillance footage shows that, at 3.30 p.m., McLaughlin shoved Draca, with him falling to the ground in the parking lot. It was a pretty good shove, knocking Draca completely off his feet. A three-second standoff occurred. This is when things got hairy. Draca, who had a concealed carry permit, pulled out his gun, a 40 caliber Glock, and aimed it at McLaughlin, holding it with both hands. McLaughlin was completely unarmed. He backed up against his vehicle, and then turned around and started walking back towards the store, away from Draca. Here is where the controversy starts. Despite walking away from him, Draca shot McLaughlin once, hitting him in the back of the chest. Adrenaline pumping, McLaughlin ran back into the store. However, that's as far as he would make it. He collapsed on the ground in front of his son. Draca continued to sit on the ground for a while, likely unsure of what move to make next. Jacobs rushed over to her husband and tried to apply pressure to the wound. An ambulance was called, which arrived roughly 19 minutes later, and rushed him to Morton Grant Hospital. However, it was too late. He was already gone. He was pronounced dead at 4.04 p.m. Draca put his gun back into his car as he waited for police to arrive. He cooperated with police, who then took his gun for the time being, as he was sent in for questioning with the detectives. Police at the scene interviewed over a hundred witnesses, including the man who initially informed the clerk of the argument outside. Draca told the detectives that he had feared for his life and only shot the man in self-defense. He said that no words were exchanged between the two. It was merely his demeanor that caused this fear. He said that he thought he saw McLaughlin twitch towards him, causing him to pull the trigger out of fear. He clearly stated that he would not have shot him if he would have just stayed still or walked in the other direction. The interview lasted for six hours, and they went over everything from the origin of Draca's gun to having him reenact the entire scene with an officer as a stand-in. One day later, on July the 20th, Sheriff Bob Gualtieri held a 30-minute press conference in order to inform the public of their decision. He was not going to charge Michael Draca for the shooting of Marquise McLaughlin. He said that, due to Draca's report of self-defense under the Stand Your Ground law, there wasn't anything that his office could do. My decision not to arrest is because Florida law creates a situation where someone is immune from arrest if their conduct is arguably within the parameters of Stand Your Ground. This is not a defense to be merely asserted at trial or after commencement of criminal proceedings. This is an immunity from arrest. The investigation was to be turned over to a state attorney's office where it would then continue. The local community was, to say the least, very disappointed in the lack of an arrest. Protests, marches, prayer circles, and fundraisers were all held around the area in the first few days after the incident. Black Lives Matter even hosted a rally in the area. A candlelight vigil was held in Wright Park in Clearwater. It was murder because once he was down and the guy didn't approach him a second time, it was over. You ask any police officer, if somebody was assaulting their wife in the car, what would be their defense? The law did not protect anyone here because we have a killer on the loose 
that have taken the life of an innocent man. Justice has failed today. There is no one in custody, but there has been a death. We need justice. Gualtieri worked to reassure the public that he was only immune to an immediate arrest and wasn't immune to any and all charges that may come later down the road. His decision not to make an arrest based on the probable cause was heavily criticized by people from all walks of life, including former NRA lobbyist Marion Hammer, two Republican Party Florida State Senators, Dennis Backley and Rob Bradley, as well as Florida State Representative Bobby Payne, among many others. Either way, the case was handed over to a state attorney named Bernie McCabe. He was unable to give really a general time frame or any info on what, if any, charges could be brought up against Michael Draca. A memorial was placed outside the convenience store for Marquise McLaughlin. News agencies attempted to interview Draca himself, who had returned home. However, he had locked the door and closed all of the blinds, refusing to make any comments. Three other drivers eventually came forth, saying that Draca had also threatened them with a gun in the past. One more came forth, being a black truck driver who had accused Draca of threatening him with a gun while using racist language in the past. This led to a recommendation of manslaughter charges to be put forward by Detective George Moffat. On August 13th, Draca was formally charged with manslaughter. He was taken to jail and held on a $100,000 bond. On August 17th, he pled not guilty to the charges. The case continued. McLaughlin's wife, Brittany Jacobs, was arguably the most major witness in the case. She claimed that two trucks had blocked her from parking in any normal parking places, leading her to resorting to parking in the handicapped spot. When Draca came up to her, started yelling and making gestures, and lecturing her on her parking. She said that then McLaughlin exited the store yelled, stay away from my girl, and pushed Draca to the ground. He was simply a man who saw a complete stranger yelling at his girlfriend and kids in a parking lot. She said that he had been shot in the abdomen, which was contrary to the official account, which stated that he was shot in the back of the chest. Draca was silent about his side of the story until late August. As a news station was finally able to get him to speak up, he had an interview while in custody. In the interview, he talked about how handicapped spots were quite the hot button for him. My high school sweetheart and I were together for a long time. Right. Okay. From uh, from 16 on, she was uh, 16. She was involved in an accident that left her pretty much handicapped for the rest of her life, with many surgeries to follow and right. so on and so forth. Uh, and these days, my mother-in-law is handicapped. Mm -hmm. So it's always been a hotbed for me. It's right. always, uh, my whole life has always been looking for a right. handicapped parking spot. Right. You know, and it just, it's always touched a nerve with me. So the idea the of The way someone... they're abused and used. He mentioned that his main concern now was his wife and his two dogs living alone without him. He vehemently denied being racist. If you are racist, what would be your answer? No. There's... You do not hate black people. I do not hate anybody. When it came to an apology, he did give one. He simply stated that he was sorry, but realized that he knew the victim's family wouldn't accept any sort of apology from him. I'm sorry. It's all I can really say to them. And uh, thinking about it, would you accept those kind of words from someone? I don't think I would. The case ended up only adding to the already strained racial tension within the United States. 
it wasn't known whether the crime was racially motivated. It would be very hard to prove whether it was or wasn't. Nothing racially related was brought up during Draca's argument with Jacobs, and Draca himself denies being racist. At this point, the only thing that could really prove whether it was racially motivated or not would be if Draca came out himself and said so. However, this was the shooting of an unarmed black man by a white man, and in the current state of affairs, it did not look good. The previous drivers, who said that they had been threatened by Draca in the past, had their stories elaborated upon. The first driver, an 18-year-old man, came to a complete stop at a yellow light, which infuriated Draca and caused him to point his gun at him and follow him. Draca denied this, saying that he merely cussed him out for cutting him off in traffic. The next was a female driver who had been going a little too slowly for Draca's liking. He allegedly pointed his gun at her as well. He denies this, saying that he merely honked his horn at them. After that, there was a mother who had been driving with her two children at the time. She was driving very closely behind Draca, and he flat-out admitted to brake-checking her, which caused a small collision. In this case, a Florida highway trooper did cite him for aggressive driving. Next up was Ricky Kelly, the truck driver. He told the court about his interaction with Draca, in which he had a similar altercation over a handicapped space at the same convenience store. I asked him, he, he stated that his a family member, a mom or something like that, is handicapped. I asked him, is your family member here at this time? He stated no. Yeah, it was a lot of profanity on his side. I kind of, I said, I said what I said and left it as that, and that's when he blew up. Did you tell him why you were concerned about him being around your truck? Yes. All right, what did you tell him? I let him know that we took money in this truck, and I don't need him walking around this truck. He said, I, I, should, I should shoot you, kill you. I said, well, I'm not afraid to die. If you're going to do that, well, he walked back to his vehicle. I didn't see any firearm, but he kind of walked back up on me. So. At that point in time, did you feel like you might have to get into an altercation? Yes. Did you? No. All right. The owner of the store intervened and de-escalated the situation. He told Draca to calm down or else he would call the police, to which he responded, I can't help myself, I keep getting into trouble. It was also announced that Jacobs was pregnant with the deceased McLaughlin's child, something that neither of them knew at the time of the incident. Tragically killed Marquise McLaughlin in front of Brittany and her children she did not know that her and Marquise had conceived another child and that that child was growing inside of her. Michael Draca's trial was all set to begin on August 19th of 2019. Draca actually dropped the stand your ground claim, but he did maintain that he was acting in self-defense. However, people were not happy with the way he handled the situation. He just seems to have came out of nowhere, kind of like a superhero, to see that he enforces the handicapped parking spot, said Circuit Judge Joseph A. Ballone. A letter was read from Draca's wife, which stated that he was not a bad person. She had received so many death threats at this point that she was uncomfortable appearing in court. After reviewing all of the evidence, hearing testimonies, and deliberating, the jury convicted Michael Draca of manslaughter. He was sentenced to 20 years in prison. He remained emotionless during the sentencing. What mainly got him was the surveillance footage. 
The jurors say that this is because they saw that the victim took a step back after pushing the defendant, not forward. When the gun was pulled, he further took another step back. This completely killed the argument of self-defense. Draca remains in prison. He was given credit for 92 days served, but that's only a very small portion of a 20-year sentence. In February of 2020, he was attacked and wounded by another inmate, due to his outrage over the case. He needed several stitches from the resulting head wound. The inmate who attacked him was charged with aggressive battery and possession of a weapon. Draco was relocated to a new area, but remains in prison all the same. Brittany Jacobs eventually had her child and told the baby that their father had died protecting them. She's very happy to see Draco behind bars. Once again, this has been your host, Kyle. Thank you very much for listening to today's podcast episode. Feel free to look through my huge library of other stories if you found this one interesting, and be sure to be there for the next stories that come out each and every week. Have a good night.